0: Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. Today on the Zabecast, the quarterback market for 2021 is going to be a frenzy for NFL teams. Rivers, Breeze, on the way out, and there won't be nearly enough. To go around. Ron Thomas is back in the mix. He's got a depressing but honest take on his beloved sport, college basketball. All that plus a major change is coming in how we score COVID cases right on cue. Your 45 minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Thursday, January 21, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Well, the quarterback market is going to be tight. It's going to be a seller's market, not a buyer's market, in 2021. Arrivederci, my friend, to one Philip Rivers, a great quarterback with a lowercase g, and in my opinion, not a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of really gooder, but that's about it. He'll probably get in, but it's going to be contentious. I just don't think either guy is at that level. Philip Rivers, Hall of Fame trash talker. Hall of Fame family man. And as somebody joked, well, now Rivers can focus on having some kids. <laughs> as in, more kids, I believe. Darren Ravel here's the tweet. <laughs> Darren Ravel puts out a lot of dumb shit, but he puts out some good stuff as well. That's why I follow him. Philip Rivers retires in fourth place. He says among living, current, and former NFL players, in children, <laughs> Rivers has nine <laughs> nine kids. That's fourth. Kurt Warner has seven. Adrian. Peterson has 7, Chad Ocho Cinco has 7. Who's ahead of Philip Rivers? Willis McGahey with 10, Travis Henry with 11, and the goat of sperm spreaders that are currently a living current or former NFL player Antonio Cromartie with 14 kids. Unlike Henry and McGahey though, all of all 9 of Rivers's kids are by one woman, and they all live under his roof. So at least there's that. Quarterbacks. So we're talking quarterbacks. Matt Miller, NFL Draft Scout, at NFL Draft Scout, tweeted this out. He said, supply versus demand of the quarterback position is always insane, but this year is absolutely off the charts wild. Here we go. Teams that need a starter within one to two years due to age or play. Jaguars, Falcons, Lions, Patriots, Washington, Chicago, Colts, Steelers, Saints, Buccaneers. Should have said Bears in there. That was a city thing. Uh, teams that may replace their starting quarterback. Jets, Panthers, Broncos, Niners, Rams. And then he goes to legitimate starting QB prospects in the draft. And he puts his rankings accordingly. Trevor Lawrence, number one overall. Uh, Zach Wilson, the uh, Mormon Manziel, number seven. La- uh, Lance. Trey Lance, number 11. Uh, Justin Fields, number 12. Kyle Trask, number 35. And Mac Jones, 45. So we're getting into the second round. That's six guys who could be starting prospects. Lawrence will be. Wilson, maybe. We'll see about the rest. Free agents with starting experience include Dak Prescott, but with a franchise tag. Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. A mixed bag at best. Says Miller, you can quickly see how the draftable quarterbacks will be gone very early in round one. The connection of need and available talent will leave multiple teams without any good options at the position. Yep. Buckle up because it's going to be crazy. Dick's Sporting Goods is now selling folding plastic tables in the Buffalo Bills section of their stores. How funny is that? They even displayed some broken tables with Buffalo Bills stuff on top of it. (laughs) I said, well, I bet the tables got to come in (laughs) multi-packs because you're going to buy them just to break them. Has anyone died from doing a Bills Mafia table dive, table slam? I saw a viral video from Barstool that seemed to show a dude jumping off a staircase inside, head first and smashing through a table with his shoulder and his back from about 15 feet. Off the ground, 10, at least 10 feet. 10 feet off the ground, a big, long staircase. 10 feet up, and he flew another 10 feet horizontally. And he flew, it looked, it looked almost fake, but it, maybe it wasn't. Fucking crazy. So, Dick Sporting Goods, selling bowling tables now in the bills section of their store. Before I get to Ron Thomas today, I am recruiting what I'm calling NFL SEAL Team 6 scuba guys. These guys are, uh, if you want to be part of my SEAL Team 6 for NFL deep dives, because I want to do a deep dive on every NFL team with somebody who's been a longtime fan, who can talk the talk, who can walk me through the state of the franchise, how's the ownership group, how's the GM, what controversies are there, what's going on, you know, get down to the nitty-gritty. Kind of like what Church did with me regarding his Vikings. I want to assemble 32 SEALs that can go deep diving, scuba diving on every team. And I've had some more people come out of the woodwork. I've got uh, Taha, my buddy for the Lions. He's going to be the guy. I got a guy for Indianapolis. I don't have his name handy. But if you want to be the SEAL Team 6 guy to get on the phone with me and you feel like you can talk and you're not going to be like, I, 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 I'm I, I'm, I'm nervous. I can't talk. I'm on the safe cast. If you can just talk to me like a normal person. Then we can go through it. I'll assemble my NFL SEAL team of 32 in-depth insiders. Although I don't think I need 32 because I I think I can handle. I can handle the woofed. Maybe I can handle the Packers. But no, you know what? I'll get a Packer guy. So there you go. If you want to uh, be one of those, email me, zabe at yahoo.com. It has been far too long. That we have yet to talk to our man, Ron Thomas. The Hoosier Hot Shot. Mr. College Basketball himself. Hello, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> Soak it in, everybody. Ronnie's back. Oh, I missed I'm the alive. post. I missed the damn post. Here we go. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Here it comes. The great two-step by the Dave Matthews Band. I have got to start getting more Dave Matthews Band in my life. I'm not really a fan, but every time I hear this intro song you chose, I'm like, God damn, this is tight.
1: (laughs) They're they're very good, but you, yeah, you have to let me send you which songs to listen to because there are some that you can listen to and you'd be like, What is
0: this shit? So send me um, uh send me a starter kit I have no problem I will with do that. that being spooned for that you know the funny thing about music and you've got you've got a list of things by the way it's great to hear your voice again Ron thank I know you life has uh, thrown you some life as of late but you're back on track and you're back on the podcast that's always good the funny thing about music and you sir are a music aficionado as much as you are a golfer and sportsman and uh, uh, racing lover and past college basketball fanatic. You know, you've DJed for years and years and years. You've gone to a ton of concerts. The funny thing about music is this. I, let me tell you about something I do on the morning show in Milwaukee. Okay. One of our producers, this young guy named Armin, and he's getting, I mean, he's 38, but he's like a kid. He's great. He right. love Armin. He's total sports fanatic and just funny as hell. He, he came, he likes to call what songs he likes bangers. You know, it's a common term. That's a banger, right? Right, right. And there's some movie clip where this nerd is like, what are you gonna do? Put your, you know, iPod on, on shuffle. And he's like, I could, cause every one of my songs is a certified banger. Okay, (laughs) So we decided every day we'd have a banger of the day, a banger rejoin of the day at the last segment of the show. And it would rotate. One day it would be Armin, one day it would be me, one day it would be Getter, one day it would be Josh, right? And you never quite know what the listeners are going to think about what you consider a banger because there's no actual definition. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so some days the banger gets trashed by the uh, listeners, Other days, people are like, no, this is a great song. This is a banger. Sometimes there's a song, Ron, and you're like, nah, that's more of a bopper, not a banger. Not a banger. And so today, my banger of the day was Vacation by Thomas Rhett. And it got killed. They're like, this sucks. This is not a banger, blah, blah, blah. And I just, at the end of the day, I go, well, that's all your opinion but it is a multi platinum artist who did it, who's rich as shit. And this song charted very high. So somebody
1: liked it, including me. But but hold on. I mean, it's such a person. Music is such a personal I thing. I know. You know, I, I know. still have, I, I hear songs like if I'm listening. Well, first of all, I can't imagine life before Sirius XM. And I think you know this, but. When I was living in Washington, D.C., and I heard about this Sirius XM about two or three years before it was going to be, uh, you know, hit the airwaves, if you will, or hit space, I applied, and I got a job there. Yeah. And I worked there, and I loved it. And my point in telling you that is is music does consume me so much to the point where I still get moved to tears sometimes when I'm driving because especially, like, if I hear a Grateful Dead song, it'll take me back to a moment when I specifically remember being at a concert with a group of friends, maybe hallucinating, maybe not, (laughs) but, but absolutely, absolutely on top of the world and wanting to not be anywhere else. Or you then get that song that hits you right in the heart and makes you think of that high school girlfriend that you didn't get to be or that girl you didn't get to be girlfriends with or, that seventh grade dance or those memories about your, my deceased father, whether yeah. it's like a a Lou Rawls song or a Barry White song or an Al Green song. And so, I mean, if a banger to you, it doesn't matter what other people think. I know. That's it my point. It's your banger. I know. It's it, your banger.
0: Exactly. And, it, you know, there's some songs, Here, here's a song. All right. Now we're deep into the weeds on music, and then we'll get off it because we got to talk college basketball, uh, Frank Reich, okay. uh, the Colts, uh, head coaches in the NFL, minority coaches, uh, sports gambling, et cetera, et cetera. But some songs to me, to my ear, are so rich with depth and subtlety and just energy, it's hard to even quantify. Like, this song, to me, is an absolute banger. Jefferson Starship with Jane. It just takes oh. you on a fucking ride, this yeah. song does. Am I wrong?
1: No, not at all. And it's 80s. I know. Listen and to this. So,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen to how tight that beat sits in the perfect cut and the simple backbeat, but with the layering of the guitars and the piano and everything. Anyway. Oh yeah. And
1: and then you've got the old Jefferson, the Jefferson airplane with like, if only you believe, yes, you know, if only you believe or miracles, it's called. If only you believe in miracles. And I play that still at weddings. I do still DJ the occasional wedding. And I'll play that at a wedding, and invariably I look, and couples look at each other. You know, couples in their 60s, 70s looking at and each they're other. they're like, and they, we better get up and dance. No, or, or that, or they're, usually <laughs> I play it during dinner, and they just look at each other, and maybe a quick handhold or something like that. But oh, okay. my point in talking about XM is, I mean, where else can you to imagine life without it to be able to go from Zeppelin to... Bob Dylan on another channel. To it's, I, I'm, it's I'm into really my orchid. Yeah, I'm into I'm into my symphony right now. I can go listen to my jazz. I can. I mean, it's crazy. Electronic, yeah. whatever you want. And and this day, on. it's
0: it. I love this. This interlude here is great. It's all tension and release, Ron. That's all music is. And now there's this little tension passage that leads to a great release right here, and then a whole different passage of the song right now. Anyway, so yeah, so the thing we with xm we spent together, hey, <laughs> hey, oh, those, oh, yeah. So it's here's so, so here's the thing about here's my complaint oh. about XM. They have oh got to step up the quality of their of their feed. In other words, the the uh, the bit rate uh, that they deliver their music down the line on is not cutting it, and I know this because I listen to the same songs over multiple streaming services that I subscribe to, Spotify and Apple Music. And yes. I listen to it on my new Ram 1500 truck with 11 speakers in it at almost yeah. full blast. And I can hear the difference. XM delivers a weak, crippled caliber of quality of audio. I'm convinced it's, of it.
1: It is. It's compressed. And if you, if you could see them, we used to call it the mothership. Uh, if when you it was literally it's like Star Trek right in the middle of our New York Avenue studios, which is where they broadcast from. Or keep in mind now it was Sirius and it was XM. They were so, separate. Yeah. Sirius was in New York, but there was a caveat that one day they would join together if financially it was such if it needed to be. And you know what killed XM? And I know we got to move on, but our my our launch date for XM Satellite Radio was December eleventh. I'm sorry, September 11, no. 2001. No. Our launch date. Yes, we had, I was part of it. I w- no. We were up in New York City working on Madison. We, we rented Madison Avenue for a short time and dropped Jeff Gordon's NASCAR. We bought one of his old NASCARs and dropped it on a bus stop and shattered the bus stop. And then it, the screen would go blank and it would say, oh. Sirius XM 9,1101. 01. Snoop Dogg falling from the sky in into, and you can find these commercials on YouTube, fall. We spent, Steve, we spent almost $200 million on our commercials and getting ready oh for our launch. Every one of the commercials had to be wiped, every one of them. And I went into deep depression, and a lot of us did. Yeah, our launch date was 9-11. We, at all the Best Buy stores around the country, we had rented, or we had hired... Paratroopers and Army Rangers to rappel down from <laughs> Apache helicopters into the parking lots of these places, rappelling down with the units under their arms, the new satellite, and running into the Best Buy, delivering the first uh, the first radios. I mean, and all of it, all of it was whacked. Yeah. So, All anyway.
0: right, moving on to other things. Ron, you are one of the people I know that loves and watches college <clears throat> basketball from the minute it tips even in the heart of football season. I've become more of a seasonal eater of my f- sports diet and so therefore I usually don't really turn to college hoops until after the football season is over. Meanwhile, I am also somebody who has a hard time watching college basketball without fans because I think that is a crucial part of the tapestry of the sport. So it's been a tough year for me, and I honestly don't really know who's good. I know who's not good, Duke, who just dropped out of the top 25 for the first Mm -hmm. time in four years. Carolina's already out as well. Kentucky is out as well. What is the college basketball landscape as you see it so far? you, You just prefaced
1: my comments perfectly and unknowingly. What you've got in the, in the case of Duke, Carolina, and Kentucky is you've got all the blue bloods, right, all the best players in the country that are coming. So you expect that these guys are going to be able to perform and they're going to be able to play, but quite contraire. Yeah, oh
0: contraire. Au
1: contraire, mon frère. They don't know how to play basketball. Steve, AAU basketball is ruining the, the sport, it's ruining college basketball. I'm not going
0: to say it's ruining high school basketball. Ruining or separate. ruined, uh, as uh, in it's a done deal. Ruined. It, no, no, no. It's not a done deal at okay, all. Okay, um, so it's, st- it's still salvageable. By the way, it's my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, that Kentucky, Carolina, and Duke, the Blue Bloods, both literally and figuratively, with yeah. all their budget, all their history, their recruiting letterhead and everything, should never be out of the top 25 like ever Am yep. I wrong yep. in saying that
1: Well but Steve what's the formula you get one and dones each year and so how do you how do how do you create a homogenous team structure how do you how do you get I you team, can't Yeah you can't you can't coach you can't have a defensive philosophy you can't have a, a motion offense philosophy these guys come in and they're not there one to get an education they're not there to learn They're there to showcase their talents. Well, oftentimes, in the case of these Blue Bloods, their talents are completely unrefined. Now, their talents stood out, and they looked really, really good against uh, a a Christian, you know, a a, a private Catholic school. Yeah, a Christian academy who had not one kid over
0: 6'2". Hogwarts prep of suburbia, Missouri. So so the three
1: teams, my three teams are in this order. Butler University basketball because of, as we've talked about, my affiliation with the former coach. Number two, Indiana University basketball. Enough said. Grew up there. My Literally was my life's passion for yeah. most of my life. And three, Maryland. All right, Butler is, is no good. I don't know how to say it. They're young, but they're just not good. And the style of basketball that they're playing, it used to be called the Butler way when Brad Stevens was there. He created this formula, which was ball movement, screens, and rebounding, and absolutely defending that basket, and not allowing the team to get an easy shot. And to get if they if they miss, to get a rebound, and then to go to the other end and set up a play or an out of bounds play, where the the point of the objective of the out of bounds play was to score a point. When's the last time you've seen a point scored off of an out of bounds? Right. Indiana Archie Miller is on the hot seat. He has a guy there named Trace. Or, uh, yeah, Trace Jackson Davis, or Davis Jackson, whatever, who is the Mr. Basketball from Indiana, Dale Davis' son, former Pacer. He's so soft. He reminds me of Romeo Langford. He is so <laughs> soft. He, he can't finish. He can't defend. He gets caught in these switches out on the perimeter against these guards. When he does, he doesn't know how to get low. He doesn't know how to defend. He doesn't know how to switch back off his man they're so soft and as a result Archie Miller's on the hot seat but I don't think Archie Miller can coach third is Maryland you know Maryland is so unpredictable and they're so bad <laughs> on so many levels <laughs> so and they're so bad they're on so not many so levels bad. they're in
0: the top 25 no
1: you've got the wrong team you're looking at the wrong team okay no so my point steve is that these guys that are coming in, they don't know how to play the game of basketball that's going to create a successful team dynamic.
0: Well, they, they, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Villanova are one, two, three. Gonzaga and Baylor, according to the pundits, are both very good, and they're both undefeated. Villanova has had a month off because of COVID, basically. They're back in action now. And then it's a big ball of who knows what after that. Three
1: of the best coaches in the country you just named. A few doesn't need the blue blood, Steve. He's got a bunch of guys on that team that are role players that do exactly what he asks of them. Yeah. You know, I get worked up over it all. I need to relax a little bit. But my, my fear and my disappointment comes from how much I love basketball and watching good basketball, and I can't find it. I can't find it. You're having it's a hard not time. on. Yeah. It's not on. Um, I'm not seeing it. I'm yeah. seeing a perimeter game. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing anything. I, I love. Does you know, does pass does the ball the lack, move
0: the ball? Does the lack of fans affect you this year? Your enjoyment uh, of watching the games? Oh no, definitely, definitely a but little but I'll bit still, or not as much.
1: You'll still no. Watch. It it does because I I think it has a big impact on the. You know, being able to hear the coaches and knowing and not being coached—these guys are being coached from the sidelines right now. You can hear everything, and it's not usually like that. So it's oftentimes you got to watch these guys improvise or or do things under that enormous pressure. You know, there's nothing like playing in a packed house if you're playing in Cameron. Sure. Since it, you've been there, you've seen it. it here's so. one.
0: Here's one thing about college basketball <clears> that I have noticed over the years, and it's that. Once upon a time, college basketball players used to come in discernible and sort of typical shapes and sizes, right? And yes. so visually it was kind of easy to, you know, get your head around the game. Today's athlete, and this is not their fault, all these kids are six, 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 seven string beans, and they don't play in a particular part of the court. They don't have a particular role because they can all shoot threes. They're all encouraged to shoot threes. And so the college game just looks a lot more amorphous to my eye as I watch it. Yes. Does that make any sense? Of course it makes sense. You know how I explain, this is
1: how, you know, my brother and I, we text during all the Indiana games and You know, we just, the way that I uh, described it the other day was it was like a jazz quintet. Let's say I go to the Kennedy Center and I'm watching a great jazz quintet. Rarely are all five of those jazz musicians playing at the same time. Right. It's a lot of three or four of them sitting there waiting for their turn to improvise or to join. And that's, and so they're watching the other musicians. That's what college basketball has become and and two, three guys standing in the corner, one guy in one corner, another guy in another corner, and then two guys figuring out what they're going to do.
0: That's a good, that's a good analogy. And I would add, it used to be, there was five different instruments. Now they're all trumpets. So there's five trumpets that are all at the same time. And so it's, I don't, and you know what? I don't know what the fix is. I don't know if there is a fix.
1: It's it's unwatchable. It, that's yeah. the word that right. when it comes to
0: Indiana basketball. It's unwatchable. So, all right, let's talk uh, Frank Reich. What what did you have a problem with Frank Reich on the uh, <laughs> It was obvious. I know it's
1: been a while, and you've already touched on it, but the decision making. It, it was as if he was trying to get fired. uh It's been. A what few, about the
0: been argument? Been... Hey, man, people want coaches to be aggressive. He was aggressive.
1: No, okay. no. On the road in the playoffs, you got to get points. It's just
0: a, Anything about, that stands about, out what is about that an, awkward. What about analytics? No, analytics said you go for that on fourth and goal from the four. No. That's what some people are saying. I just look at it in terms of, have I ever seen that before? And do you ever typically see that? And the answer is no. So yeah. those are four really hard yards down there. But that's only three points. I mean, that didn't determine the game. That was in the first quarter. The extra point that he went for when they jumped off sides and he I, went for the extra point. <laughs> Let me tell you. I am so bad at math. I can't understand when extra points make sense or not to me. All I know is that when you go for two and miss it, you end up regretting missing that two later in the game. Yeah,
1: and that's why I loved what the Cleveland coach did. Yeah, you know, he went he, he went for one, and then of course those guys start talking uh, about it. Romo and Jim Nance, who do you go on for two there? What when you go when you go for two and you don't make it? To me, it you give. You're giving some momentum to the team that just got scored upon, and you're losing momentum on your side. It's like a turd in a punch bowl. You know, yeah. we're at the party; it's great. We scored. Oh shit! There's a turd in a punch bowl.
0: Yeah. You know, damn. <laughs> so take the points. All right. So take the points uh, on the coaching front in the NFL. There's two jobs still open but it looks like maybe only one of them will go to another minority. And so the usual annual round of griping from the usual pundits has cropped up about why don't black coaches get hired more? I have said for a while now, as this thing has become front and center every year, you might want to think about putting a hard quota on NFL coaching jobs and be done with it because you'll never, Remove this perception that this particular black candidate should have been hired, and how come he wasn't, and this white guy was? It's a problem the NFL is not going to be able to shake, no matter how many black coaches end up getting jobs. I,
1: Steve, how many of the what is it seventy five percent of percent of the players on each team are black?
0: Correct. Uh, maybe why a little would, less what, than that in the NFL. Okay.
1: Why Why in the world would you not have? or consider or get a black coach. I, I don't get it. Not only for that reason, but especially one who's played the game or who's been in the coaching circles. I mean, it's not like the teams, it's not like the NFL teams, especially on the lower right. tier of performance are doing anything that would justify not hiring them. I, it, I, I just, I don't get it. And the reason it hit me, I sent that to you tonight is because it was a point of discussion on ESPN. No surprise. Um, but I am right along,
0: right in step with it and in tune with what they were saying. So but it's time who, so who has been passed over in your mind this year? Cause the is the hot candidate. They're saying you gotta hire him. You gotta hire him. Who else? Uh, I, as a... uh, Yeah.
1: I don't, I don't know enough okay. about who's in coaching circles right now. I don't even, I don't even know necessarily Some that you saying... need to hire a black coach who's coached before. How about one that's played? I mean, oh, would Emmett that's... Smith be a good coach?
0: I don't know. Why well, not give him a shot? <clears throat> I, well, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know what these these owners think, but I, I don't think that there is as much of a racial element as is claimed. I think there is an element of just who do you want stylistically, and 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 who wows you in a press conference. <laughs> Is Doug Peterson going to get hired, hired again? Well, the recycling does is a joke. Peterson yeah, he sucks. He doesn't wow Adam, anybody. I and I mean, know shit. Adam Gay sucks as well. But, uh, you know, there have been black coaches hired, and they have turned out to be not very good. And then you have to fire him. And then people are like, why did you fire the guy? Yeah, That's another right. issue. I think a lot of a lot of owners are like, you know, if I hire a black coach, he's not very good. The guy they got <laughs> in Arizona, uh, Steve Wilkes, black coach, yes. lasted one year and they fired him. And and some people made a big stink of it. Kingsbury gets hired. He's got no experience at the pro level. He's done pretty well. Now, not great. They haven't made the playoffs with him yet, and they've got the number one pick in Kyler Murray. But, you know, it's not like he's been an abject failure. I don't know, man. I I think What about Lynn Swan? What
1: about Marcus Allen?
0: Lynn Swan is like a politician. I know.
1: I bet he'd be a good coach.
0: I just you know, here here's that? here's my you, you know I'm talking about Do you think the, it's racist? Do you think it's that these white owners? Don't, it's don't absolutely
1: like... not racist. It's just not oh. having your eyes open enough. I don't oh, think okay. it's
0: not taking I don't think anybody's blatantly racist. I think that they might be, subtly, that, they might be just, subtly racist.
1: No, they, I, might I don't. Say,
0: they might say, I don't know if I want a black man being the face of my franchise. Who would
1: say that? I I honestly don't think anybody would say that. I think that you'd have you know. to be a fucking idiot to say something like that. How about, I, don't think I need so a black either. man who's going <laughs> to relate to my black players and be like a father to them and get on them and and... And coach them and teach them and, yeah. and maybe maybe my players will listen to him better. Than they'll listen to Doug fucking
0: Peterson. <laughs> you know the black I mean, coach you know the black coach I loved was Mike Singletary when he went on great. that rant about, yeah, about uh Vernon Davis. But too harsh though. It I was, mean my it gosh. It was too, too harsh, harsh and he wasn't organized enough and he lost the team.
1: But you know, no, I'm not the, saying it was too harsh. The people said it was oh, too harsh. Oh,
0: oh, well, right. Don't think, want him. Can't, you're right. <laughs> can't win with him. Not yeah, gonna. I mean, I mean, that was one of the great rants of all time because what Vernon Davis did in that game was fucking stupid, and it cost yeah. him the game.
1: Oh yeah, I know. And <laughs> and the quality. I'm talking about the quality of play in college basketball. The quality of play in pro football is not good either until you watch Kansas City, Cleveland play a football game. That is that is such a good football game. That's a sunrise or game where I can sit there with my son and watch football and be a football fan. As opposed to watching yeah. some other bullshit game yeah. that you watch oftentimes, and I'm, I'm here's the sing movie.
0: here's the singletary rant. What happened with you and Vernon on, on the sideline? Of- <laughs> Vernon, Vernon, just uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. No, you know what? I, I, th- this is how I believe. Okay, I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with ten people (laughs) and just get penalized all the way. There's no penalty for that. Rather than play with eleven when I know he's rolling, just let him go. That person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Uh, Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. (laughs) I want winners. Yes. Yes. I want people that want to win god it's so good if
1: he were if he were a preacher at an all-black church i'd go to it
0: oh shit yeah (laughs) go to it just to listen to him
1: you You know know what what i I, the
0: other the other dude i love is tomlin now i've got Steeler fans (laughs) who have they've fucking had it with tomlin because there are issues with tomlin that tomlin's a little bit too much of a players coach and that the culture continues to be way too me 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 there and there's some in-game stuff with tomlin but goddamn i love tomlin i'll take him any day i love him him. from monday to (laughs) saturday Yes, I love how he wins Monday the standard is the standard it's good shit man it is good
1: shit now if I were an NFL coach one thing that I would have a problem with though is when these guys celebrate when they're down 14 and they celebrate a play that they make uh, as if they don't know the score. I know it's trite yeah. what I'm saying, but
0: you know, this, he, that's the thing you got to,
1: I wish that they could get a grasp on
0: that. Well, I, here's another thing about, I think jobs in the NFL and coaching these teams, it's like riding a bull. I mean, you get on it and you hold on for dear life. Cause even if you're good, even if you got good players, eventually the bull throws you. It's just yeah. that simple. I mean, you know, Harbaugh was doing great in San Francisco. He couldn't stay on the bull. Longer than yeah. you know, eventually it threw him because what he was doing wasn't working anymore. And then he lost his quarterback. And you're like, oh, well, maybe you're not as good anymore. Yeah. I don't know, man.
1: I think, well, I th- move, I know we got to move on, but I think Harbaugh and Baltimore needs to be let go. I don't, I think it's that, that uh, has run its course up
0: man. there myself, but. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Need to hire? You need. Indeed. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino. And it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, 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 MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds. Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. All right, moving right along. Next topic. As I go I've i got to it. Phone. I've got it. Um, sports <clears throat> betting. Sport,
1: sports gambling. How it went from taboo, and now all of a sudden shows are ESPN SportsCenter. They're opening their shows with it. Yep.
0: it's crazy. Is it, it's is
1: it bad for sports? No, I think it was I think it makes people look bad who were so adamantly against it, kinda of like those assholes on Capitol Hill <laughs> who shut down DraftKings. Uh, do you remember that, yeah, oh, no, you know, we can't yeah. those, these fucking right. jerk offs. Yeah. <laughs> You're still cursing on this. Uh, yes, yes, we, yes, are. we are. Okay, good. Yeah. And we,
0: and we do proudly sponsor, uh, my bookie. So, you know, if you do want to get some gambling action in and your state still does not legalize gambling or you just want another book, go to, uh, mybookie.com. use promo code Zabe, you know, the drill. Okay. That said, look, I'm in favor of legalized sports gambling and I am amazed like you that this was. I never thought I'd, I'd live long enough to see legalized sports gambling in every state like we're seeing right now. Yes. That said, I think this is a crazy gold rush by media companies and everyone else that is going to quickly peter out or at least reach its limits. Let me put it that way. It's going to reach okay. its limits. Because I just don't think that as many people want to or like to gamble on sports as the companies think there are out there.
1: Or perhaps they wish that more of the people who call their boy
0: to place their action, which I think the majority of people do. They call my boy. <laughs> they want it. They want it. They yeah. want, it. They, want it. they want to take that money out of yes. the hands of the local bookie, and th- and yeah. that that extraction process is going to happen over the next five to ten years. But I'd be shocked if it didn't flatten out at some point because yes. gambling on sports, as you know, Ron, is fucking hard. It is a random event, sports, and the point spread makers yeah. are really fucking sharp.
1: And and, and people it, like you and me who like
0: our money to yes. so be our money i mean you you have money steve but you still
1: when you lose a hundred dollar bet you don't like it
0: here's what happened this weekend so i i oh, went one oh, th- boy. i went one and three <laughs> in my picks okay my big pick i said i'm putting a dime i'm putting a grand on the saints to punch oh, the bucks in the face again and mr x said you know what i like the other side maybe you and i could hook up and we'll we'll save the vig And I'm like, that sounds like a plan. So he's texting me the day of the game. And I hear that Taysom Hill is out along with Mm Latavius Murray. And I just got a bad feeling about it. And I said, you Mm -hmm. know what? It was well before kickoff. I go, I'm going to scrape my money back. I don't have a good feeling about this. Turned out to be right. And it was a good thing that I did it. But it wasn't necessarily that Taysom Hill would have won the game. I just got cold feet. Because like you said, I didn't want to lose a grand. They don't want to pay Mr. X a grand either. No, (laughs) No.
1: not at all. Um, Next thing. Adam Silver says the NBA and the Players Association are discussing vaccinating players as a public service announcement.
0: Oh, this is one hell of an interesting story on multiple fronts. Let me, me, Steve, can I just
1: lead real fast? (laughs) Yes. Uh, They they're they're wording it let me reword that again adam silver says the nba and the players association are dis- they are discussing vaccinating players as public sur- as a public service are these vac- are these players cattle
0: <laughs> are they
1: are they prized cattle that are in their barn or in their stalls or whatever that they can just go in and poke them with you know jab a needle in them it's, they're literally talking about these guys like they're yeah
0: I wonder they're what Michelle, wonder what Michelle Roberts has they're, to say about that. Yes, and the Players Association.
1: Right, that's the way it's being worded. You would think that in this day and age, with well, everything right. is, I mean, that's what they're discussing: vaccinating players. Like, okay, you're going to get in line, and we're going to do this to you, and then next, next, next. Right. I
0: mean, the, that's that's one interesting angle of it. Another interesting angle of this is that Charles Barkley said. Of course, NBA players should get to go to the front of the line. Look at how much money they pay in taxes. Mm -hmm. That went over about as popular as a fart in an elevator. (laughs) Although I thought, you know, he's not necessarily wrong. The larger point is this. People who can get the vaccine now, and I've been getting reports from this from people, listeners. I've been reading about it everywhere. Fire departments, frontline workers, healthcare workers, nursing home workers, you know this because you're in and out of hospitals all the time, Yes, the vaccine acceptance rate is right around 50% on average. It's not very strong. And some experts are like, well, we fucked up as public health people because we're underselling the vaccine. And part of it is they're like, well, if you get the vaccine, you still got to wear a mask. Well, that's stupid, conflicting messaging, isn't it? It makes people go, well, wait, why am I getting the vaccine? The larger point is this. People aren't dumb. They understand what the numbers look like. They understand the relative lethality of the virus by age, cohort, and health. And they also understand about rushed vaccines and about things that could possibly crop up over time. So the people are making an informed choice, which the elites will say their rubes are listening to misinformation on the internet. So therefore, we need to start encouraging more people to get the vaccine. And if that doesn't work, we're going to force them by saying, you can't go to concerts, you can't travel, you can't go to work, you can't go to school. And then I hope the lawsuits will start flying. <laughs> well, here, here I was,
1: yes, I hope too, uh, on NBA The Jump tonight. Yes, I'm one of the few people that watches NBA The Jump on ESPN with Rachel Nichols. Yep. Uh, and Richard Jefferson, what the, the way that they worded it was, yes, he said, I think this is a good idea because people in our culture and our community, meaning black people don't,
0: don't trust vaccines with good cause because of the syphilis experiment. That was one of the darkest moments in us history. I don't blame them.
1: Yes. And so that's why they're saying, I, I mean, I hope. You probably realize this, but that's why they're saying that as a public yeah. service announcement, right. and you're uh, supposed to read between the lines here. Yeah. And it's to encourage black folks to get the vaccine because they've been fucked over so many times in the past that <sighs> they're yeah. not sure uh, that they want to do this. Is it against us?
0: What is it going to do? But I just, it's all so unbelievable that we've gotten to this point. Oh, it's unbelievable and yet, in a way, utterly predictable. Yes, that it's all it's jackknifed like a train that has gone off the tracks and there's cars all over the place. And we're underselling the vaccine. Some states aren't even giving it to the groups that need it the most, which is 65 plus. Uh, I predict the supply of available vaccine is going to race so far ahead of demand in the next couple of months that will end up destroying large swaths of it. That's just a prediction. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But I see where this is going. Can I
1: ask you, are you going to get the vaccine if you don't want to answer it? No, because I, no,
0: I, I just recovered from COVID. I, I had it. I tested yeah. positive PCR. I lost my taste, sense of smell for three days. I had a mild cold, and I'm <clears throat> still just shaking now after 21 days, and I feel otherwise fine. Negative antigen test, rapid test, positive PCR test, I'm done. I'm done. Like I might have to get it to travel to Scotland this June, mm-hmm. but we'll see about that. Maybe I'm going to travel to Mexico with a note from my doctor that says I've recovered and that's going to get me in and out of the country. Right. But, but otherwise, no, I, I would not, even if I had not gotten COVID, I would not take the vaccine. Interesting. I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's six of one, a half dozen to the other in terms of risk.
1: Yes. And that's just my a, personal feeling. No, I, That's what I wanted to hear. That's why I asked you. But Um, I want everybody who
0: wants to get it. My parents just got their first dose. I'm I'm elated for them. They're in their early 80s. They need to have that dose. And others need to have that dose. But that's a whole thing. We got no more time left, Ron. And my phone's about to crap out. So why don't we save Top Golf for next visit? And then I need to assemble you and Ronas and Ghoul for a special Tiger documentary Capital Golf Gang. Because it to take a full hour to discuss. I trust you've seen both episodes.
1: Uh no, I'm not gonna watch that.
0: I, I, <gasps> no way. Not what they're doing to Tiger. Nope. No, no, no. Well, you're they're gonna anything to that... like like me forcing a vaccine on you, I'm gonna force you to watch it.
1: <laughs> no way. To discuss no it. Yes. He had his fifth he had his fifth back surgery today. I know Amazing. He did. Yeah, no. but he was hitting balls right afterwards, so he'll be okay.
0: We'll we'll figure it out. We'll talk about it. Ronnie, it's great to hear your voice. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right, pal, take see care.
1: you. See you, bud. Bye bye.
0: We'll end on a little bit of Rona news. Guess what? The World Health Organization, or who, said today, almost an hour after Joe Biden was sworn in, that they will now recommend laboratories worldwide testing for COVID using the PCR test, the polymerase chain reaction test, to lower the amplification cycle threshold to 20 cycles as a standard for determining whether or not somebody actually has live virus that is capable of spreading. Well, well, well. Those of you who have a modicum of curiosity and know that it's not only... A smart thing to do, but your duty to question the so-called experts, to make sure that their numbers add up and that their logic makes any sense, you have known about the PCR cycle threshold issue for months now because people have been saying, hey, why are we cranking our PCR tests up to 40, 45, sometimes even higher? Scientists said we can't replicate the virus over 20 cycles. Oh, you can pick up dead fragments of the virus using a PCR with a cycle above that, but that doesn't mean that they're actual cases. It doesn't mean they should be put in quarantine for 14 months. It doesn't mean they should be taken out of school and on and on and on and on. On the very day, Joe Biden is sworn in. Boom. World Health Organization. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, we're going to lower it. They gave some other guidance as well to what should constitute a positive uh, COVID case air quotes, what this is going to do, along with the seasonality of the virus, along with the fact that in the U.S., if you take all states in the U.S., the virus peaked on January 10th. It's been going down since. It's likely to keep going down because more people have gotten it and have gotten over it. More people are getting vaccinated every day. There's a seasonality to the virus that goes in a peak and then goes down. And then this PCR change is going to dramatically reduce the number of cases. In other words, good news, this is ending. It's ending. Uh, The PCR change plus seasonality plus the vaccine, you're going to see these numbers start to fall off cliff. Now, Biden and his administration will claim we did it. Masks plus better advisors who believe the science, we beat COVID when that bad orange man did not. The world's going to spin up gloriously as we get towards the summer. The sheeple will be happy. Biden and the Democrats will have their 2024 re-election campaign set already. And many of you will actually buy it. And I'm not here to tell you not to buy it. If that's what you want to believe. Believe it. The minute Biden started wearing a mask back in the spring, and Fauci started wearing a mask, and Deborah Burke started wearing a mask after they were not wearing masks in March into April, was the minute somebody went to them and said, hey, dummies. This is a crisis. And don't you know the age old saying in politics is never let a good crisis go to waste. Then all of a sudden you saw them with masks. And that was that. Being a conservative sometimes is like watching the Browns, although not this year's edition, but it's like watching the Browns play the Patriots in Belichick all the time. It's just maybe someday the, the they'll figure out how to play this game. But I have not really seen it in my lifetime, so I'm not going to hold my breath. Anyhow, that's a wrap. We are one day closer to Championship Sunday. Tomorrow, we get a double shot of Notorious J.A.Y. and Mr. X. We'll break down all the angles of the two games, plus other NFL coach, uh, NFL talk, including head coaching hires, GMs, and more. If you want to subscribe, go to zabe.com slash premium. I really appreciate all of you who are on board. Best week of free shows I've had, maybe ever. And I'm just getting warmed up. There's more to come. Spread the word, tell a friend, and of course, rate and review. Thanks for listening. Have a great Thursday, everybody. And we will see you next time. All right. The divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My Bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports, NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, 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 MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds. Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie.